Oh, hello everybody and welcome once again to another Brink, Brink podcast coming to you for episode 22 of a rebooted, reformatted Brinkalicious podcast that you know and love. Hope you are having a swell day wherever you can hear my voice and we have another huge episode of the show to bring you today, one that can't even bring me down when I'm actually not feeling the best. Uh, just a word of advice out there to people, if you ever get food poisoning, it's um, definitely not something that I would suggest getting, uh, particularly when you spend a good 12 hours rushing between your bedroom and the bathroom and uh, stuff comes out both ends. But we won't go into details of that because you're here to listen to the brink and be entertained and excited, so forgive me if perhaps I'm sounding a little bit on the uh, croaky side this side of uh, Brinktown. Brinktown is a place now, apparently. But, uh, yeah, I think that will close the intro off and we will get into the next bit. Each week we continue our international flavour of all things to do with everything on the Brink and for the third week in a row we're going back to New Zealand with our dear old friend Nick Chester. Nick, welcome back to another edition of the Bronk. Are you getting sick of me yet? That's the big question. No. No, I'm starting to warm to your accent because have you noticed that I barely make fun of your accent anymore? What's going on? Yeah, I know. I think there's just too much news. You don't have time to really really focus on the accent. <laughs> okay. A week in New Zealand changes my viewpoint on whether or not yeah. um you speak funny or not. But um Yeah. You know, it's it's been a, another week in the world. Uh, New Zealand hasn't been blown away. There's been no spaghetti on toast. Uh, you won every single award imaginable when it comes to New Zealand dog trials, so congratulations. Uh, what else has been happening in the world besides you winning everything? Well, I mean, um, I've been away over the Easter break and, and went home and, and saw the family and did all the, the family things that you do. But um, I actually went and saw a couple of, of movies that I probably wouldn't normally see at the movies, which is, you know, kind of kid stuff. Um, and I went and saw um, Lego Batman with my nephew, and he thought that was fantastic, and mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty good too. Um and the other one I went and saw was Beauty and the Beast, which is not something I would normally go and see. But uh, my my sister was a she's been a huge fan of the um, the animated version since forever, and um, you know she goes on about she basically she wore out the VHS version that we had of it as kids um, until my brother my brother put it into the machine backwards, and then that kind of killed it. So so it was something she she really wanted to see. But what I kind of picked up, which was really interesting, was um, on the IMDb main page they're saying that it's become the 29th movie to hit a world worldwide gross of a billion dollars or more and um i thought it might just be interesting i thought i might just put you to the test here ben okay and uh i'm not going to ask you to, to name some of the others but what i am going to do is see if you can guess the movies from their tagline you know like you have the tagline on the bottom of the poster yes yes so i'm going to just throw a few taglines at you and see oh. if you can actually so these from the movies them. that have grossed more than a billion dollars worldwide Yep, so there's 29 of them that have ever grossed more than a billion. All right, give me as many of them right. as you feel the need to. We're here all day, so uh, I'm, I'm down okay. for this. I like a challenge. Okay, okay. And I mean, you're, a, you're a, a, a movie buff, so you should get them. Yes, I hope so. so. Otherwise, I shouldn't be hosting a, a, a podcast with you and, and Colin and Nola about movies and TV shows. So this, yeah. could, this could rescind our podcast. This could make the Oz Network uh, obsolete. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's hope not. All right, we'll start with what I think is a, a fairly easy one. So the tagline for this one is Save the Rebellion, Save the Dream. Oh, it's got to be a Star Wars movie. It's got to be, I'm guessing that's Rogue One, probably. Yeah, congratulations. You got that one. That there was go. All uh, right. pretty straightforward. Um, okay, let's see if I can find something that's uh, maybe a wee. Oh, okay, let's see if you know this one. Okay, okay. so the tagline here is A Fire Will Rise. A fire will rise. 
Um, so this is worldwide. This isn't just US because like I I used to often look at um box office mojo and see, but I don't need to look at the worldwide ones. Um, I'm gonna guess it's probably like a is it like a Hunger Games movie? No, no, no. Uh, a Twilight movie. <laughs> it is a franchise movie, okay. but you're, you're starting you're starting to go the the wrong way now. Okay, so superhero. A Mar- so it's a Marvel movie. I'm gonna say then. No. Oh, um, a fire will rise. Is it a DC movie? Yes. All right. Um, I'm gonna. Oh, I've just got probably one of the Dark Knight movies. It wouldn't it be Batman vs Superman because that wasn't the tagline for what, that. What, what, which one's got Rise in the title? Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> there you go. Congratulations. All right. Process of elimination. All right. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. We had a one in three chance to get it right once we got to there. So, yeah. Okay. What else have we got for you? Um, mm. Oh, that one doesn't have a tagline. I, like I was going to throw a bond. I was going to throw a bond one at you, but it actually didn't have a tagline. So I've, I've had to go past that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So think laterally about this one. Right. Uh, the eye of the enemy is moving. The eye of the enemy is moving. Is that a James Bond one again? <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. Ooh. I think a movie that's got where an eye is quite important. The eye of the enemy. I spy? <laughs> no. New Zealand made A New Zealand? Oh, uh, Lord of the Rings? Uh, the Hobbit? Yeah, so it's Lord of the Rings, so it's the uh, um, Return of the King. So what's the tagline? Say that again. It's the... Eye of the Enemy is is moving. See, I wouldn't have got that because, you know, I've, I've seen, like, two of them and I fell asleep. Like, you know, I, I don't like Lord of the Rings, so come on now. Like, <laughs> Oh, okay. I, see, right, I know there's that. an eye involved. Like, I get that, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a ring, okay, too. So, here, here we go. So the tagline for this one is, nothing on earth could come between them. Oh, that's, um, oh, I know that one. There's space involved, right? <laughs> no. No. Oh, I was thinking it was like gravity or something like that. Oh, um, oh, I know. The, why do I know this one? Um, oh, shit, Nick, this isn't good. Um, I'll oh, give us a clue. Can you give us a clue? You know, one of the most well-known uh, romance stories of all time. Twilight. No. <laughs> oh, Titanic, Titanic, Titanic. Oh, no. See, I knew I knew that one. Damn it. Oh, okay. I love that movie. Happy 20th anniversary to Titanic this year. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you'd know that one just oh, straight I'm off. devastated. I've let my Titanic fandom down, Nick. Oh, you see, I could edit this out and make me sound really smart. But, yeah, oh. yeah, I've got, I've, got a, I've got a funny feeling a lot of this is going to get edited You're out. You're going to listen back to this and it's going to be like nothing. Titanic. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. All right, let's do let's do two more. Let's do an easy one and a hard one. So okay. we'll, we'll so give I you... Like which, which do you want first? Do you want the easy or the hard one? You know I like it hard, Nick. <laughs> okay. This... Oh, I think this is hard. This is really hard. So the tagline for this one is "Welcome to the Urban Jungle." Oh, I think I know that. Is that that's not a Fast and Furious movie, right? No, definitely not. <laughs> the Urban Jungle. On the okay, here's a bit of a left of field clue to see if I can test my knowledge. On that list of twenty eight, does this come in the top half or like the bottom half? Um, it comes near the bottom half. In fact, it's 26, so it's right near the bottom, That's which is awesome. hilarious when you're talking about billion-dollar movies, but there oh. you go. Yeah, I might need another clue on that one. 
Okay, we're talking an animated movie. It's going to be like Ice Age or um, oh, what's that one with... Um, oh, hang on. Is it Zootopia? Yes, it is. Oh, well, there no. we go. Okay, because I knew there was that was up there recently. Is I've never seen it, but I know that was very successful. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's finish off with one I think you can get with no problem. So right. every gener- every generation has a legend. Every journey has a first step. That was episode one, Phantom Menace. You're supposed to leave the for Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, didn't need to finish that one. Uh, <laughs> I, I like this. You should do this every week, Nick. Yeah, well, I've I've always thought that that um, it's a really good pub quiz thing, you know, like match the tagline to the movies because sometimes they make perfect sense and sometimes they make absolutely no sense. All right. You know, like the one for the the one for the Dark Knight is where is it? I was just looking at that one and I thought you would have to be an idiot not to get out of the darkness comes the night. <laughs> uh, Twilight. <laughs> yeah. What's um What's Avatars as number one? What's Avatar? Oh, Avatars is weird. So it's Return to Return to Pandora, which would make sense if it was Avatar 2, but for Avatar 1, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. never been there before, so um, James Cameron, what are you smoking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And look, uh, some, yeah. some that are really obvious, so um, so tagline, Avengers Assemble. I think that might be the Avengers. Uh, is that Batman vs. Superman? <laughs> <laughs> What's Batman vs. Superman? Don't see this movie, it's shit. Uh <laughs> Even though I actually Come like on, it, that, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> that. That movie didn't make a billion dollars. Well, that's true. Actually, I'm giving it too yeah. much credit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's actually you know I've noticed on that list though because again I have looked at that over the years and it's kind of it's kind of sad looking at some of those movies to think that they've made a billion dollars. Like I mentioned, a far is it at least one or two Fast and Furious movies that have made more than yeah. a billion dollars? Yeah, there's definitely a couple of Fast and Furious. That there's is sad. Cool. That is There's a couple sad. of Transformers movies. I don't know if you're a Transformers <laughs> well, fan, but look, I, Transformers I could almost defend just because you know it's a franchise. It's a, you know it's a it was a popular cartoon, and they're just one of those dumb movies that you know are stupid, but they're kind of check your brain at the door. They're okay, but like I just I, the the thing that annoys me with Fast and Furious, like I've, okay, I'll, I'll admit I've only seen one of them. Okay, so I, I've never seen the rest of them. But like, this is a movie franchise based on illegal street racing, which is seeing them all of a sudden getting attacked by submarines in the Arctic. Like, how does that happen? Like, that is like James Bond going to space levels of stupidity. <laughs> yeah, no, they're definitely not my kind. I like, I haven't seen any of them, and I haven't. I think I've only seen one Transformers movies. But you know, if you weren't a if you weren't a superhero fan, you might also say, why are there so many like, you know, not the greatest of superhero movies on here as well? Like, you know, Iron Man three is on here, and that's the worst of the three Iron Man movies for my money, and that's on here. Isn't um, Frozen? Frozen's in there, right? Like, um, oh, of course, yeah, it is. definitely Frozen in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, can I just ask? Actually, no, you continue, please, and I'm going to ask you a question. I just finish your sentence, there, Nicholas. No, no, I was, I was just going to say that you'd be pleased to note that there's two Jurassic Park movies in there, which is, there is. which is good. Yes, yep. of course, and there should be more. Uh, maybe not because um, the two that aren't on there don't deserve to make over a billion dollars. Um, but the the question I have for you then, going back to what you were mentioning about Beauty and the Beast. Now, this is a real thing, isn't it? Now, like Disney are, are remaking these their famous animated movies into into you know real life adaptations. We had it with the Jungle Book. Um, I think we might have had another one in there somewhere, um, but. Like, they've, they've got a whole list of them that they're doing. The one that baffles me is they're redoing The Lion King into real life. Now, it worked for The Jungle Book, I guess, because, you know, there were animals in it. But, like, the thing that I think you can have with 
the Jungle Book and Beauty and the Beast is there's a human being involved. Now, there's no human being involved in The Lion King, and I'm going to say The Lion King is a near-perfect movie. So, like, how can they redo such a great film as The Lion King into real life? I'm scared about this, Nick. I don't want them to do this. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one to me. Like, you think of all the movies that they could do, uh, that um, The Lion King's the one they chose. And I, I guess I see the the commercial side of it, that people are going to go and see it. But, you know, these things always sound crazy on paper. And then you see the, the first trailer comes out, and you're like, actually, that, that doesn't look so bad. So that's what I'll be holding on to, that that will actually be something that's worth seeing once you kind of start to see some footage of it. But, I mean, how are they going to do it? Is it going to be like David Attenborough-type, you know, <laughs> footage? Or is, it be, or is it all going to be like CGI or whatever? You know, like, because, I mean, for me, if I'm going to give a review of, of Beauty and the Beast, it was, you know, really faithful adaptation. It was a good movie. The weakest part of the whole thing was the beast and the way he looked. I thought he was pretty, like, I, I thought the special effects weren't great in that that particular area. Um, so I think if the whole thing's just like CGI lions and, and warthogs and meerkats, it's probably not going to be great, I don't think. And, and, you know, why do that? You know, because you've already got the animated version. And it's, it's the thing that, like, look, again, it just goes into this overall ideal about there's no such thing as an original idea anymore because, you know, it's either let's reboot something or let's do this. But, like, I mean, look, for Disney, they've got a whole, you know, catalogue of anything that they can go into the history of. But, like, I mean, does this mean we're only, like, 10 years away from a live-action adaptation of Frozen? Which I'd totally be down for because those chicks in Frozen are hot. Yeah, well, I've already <laughs> seen the the on the Disney on Ice version of that, so I've, I feel like I've already seen the the real life version of that <laughs> well look i'll be honest i've never seen frozen i just think they're hot um, but, um please tell me they're yeah, of legal age it. in the film right like they're not like 12 <laughs> you're, ask- you're asking the wrong person <laughs> i probably just dug myself another hole there um but <laughs> i don't know where we're going with this segment uh i like that i like that whole uh that thing that you did nick i've just, i've literally right now though i've um i've typed in new zealand into google news to see if there's anything interesting to hear about um, in New Zealand during the week, um, and it's literally rugby, and um, Central Otago Teen is honoured to receive New Zealand Youth Award. Uh, yeah, <laughs> now there hasn't been a lot going on. I think everybody's been a bit cyclone focused and getting through that. And I think probably the only other bit of news has been about Sonny Bill Williams, you know, refusing to to have um, a few sponsors on his rugby shirt because he, you know of his religious beliefs he didn't want to have anything that was you know bank banks or money traders or anything like that and that was an area that you know if i'm being completely honest i have zero interest in so i haven't followed that story at all oh, so ball, Williams. Kind of, yeah well he put apparently like it was stuff that was on the collar and so he like basically just put like tape over the collar and you know it caused a big stink and now he's got his own special shirt that you know he's supporting some charity or the charity's on his shirt now or something like that so wow. yeah it's I, I wish I could elaborate more on that story, but because it had no interest to in me at all, I didn't think I'd be uh, be trying to talk about it at length on a podcast or, or anything like that. So I, I, I didn't look into it too much further, to be honest. The, the only other one here of note I can see is uh, spiders knit 30-metre shimmering web in New Zealand field. Um, and a New Zealand a plane flying from... Wellington to Auckland got photographed in a scary looking, I mean that's not news that's just a photo um, and 
Over 7 million Brazilians taken on a New Zealand journey about marketing or so. Oh, I don't know. This is just the most boring. Hell, like, look, I, I, I can slightly defend New Zealand since being there, but Jesus Christ, you've had a boring week in the news. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I've, just, I've just gone on to our main website. And oh, here we go. At the moment. The top news story at the moment is, I'll read the headline for you. Dirty dildo horrifies Aussie reality show fans. Is there anything you want to tell me, Ben? <laughs> what? Say that again? So dirty the head, the dildo. Headline, <laughs> dirty dildo horrifies Aussie show reality uh, Aussie reality show fans. So a new season of reality show Seven Year Switch debuted in Australia <laughs> last night, and it was car crash viewing as expected. But one scene in particular really should have come with a warning. Viewers met American-born Caitlin and her boyfriend Mark, in which four couples having issues with their relationship swap partners for several weeks, then decide if they want a permanent change. The couple were facing one big issue, which was Mark's reluctance to settle down and commit to his girlfriend. As the pair packed for their big switch, Caitlin whipped out a rather intimidating-looking personal massage device she'll be bringing with her. <laughs> Look, Why do you have a problem with my vibrator, she asked, waving the battery-operated fun pump in his general direction. Like, this is this is big news here, and it's, it happened in Australia. Well... Look, I've never watched a show in my life, but from what I've seen the ads for it, it looks absolutely terrible. I mean, let's be honest. If you're in a seven-year relationship and you're willing to swap partners, like, you shouldn't be in a seven-year relationship. Um, but I, I need to go, hang on. I need to go to our website, our main news website, news.com.au. Always gives us some shit. And let's have a look at our headlines at the current time of recording this. That is not even in anything. Um, our top stories about uh, what's his name from North Korea paying for nuclear bombs, um, Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull, and you know news.com.au actually has some serious stories for once. <laughs> it's New Zealand who are taking our dodgy, stupid stories about dildos. There you go. <laughs> it's fourteen minutes old. It's straight off the press. So you know. Wow. Wow. So I should actually see where that news story has come from, and if it is a news.com.au story, because that's normally where these things come from. That that definitely sums up the fact that New Zealand has had a very slow week in the news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then a whole bunch, of, and it's just like screen caps of a whole bunch of people's tweets about it. It's like, that's not that's not news reporting, is it? Like copying tweets. I know that's what we do for Donald Trump. but Welcome but, to you know, 2017, Nick, and our major news websites. That's generally reporting Um you know, it's it's lazy, but um, hey, that's what they reckon. It's it's all about the clickbait, and then obviously, if you had a tweet on that page, you'd be like, "Oh my god, my tweet about my dildo made the New Zealand website!" Like you'd be totally happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, I'm sorry. I, sorry, we don't have better news that we're having to steal <laughs> news about reality TV shows, but in Australia. But there you go. Wow. Welcome to New Zealand, Nick. It's always fun, and uh, we will speak to you again next week. Yes, you will indeed. We always love bringing you some classic live performances, and we've heard from this uh, next guest uh, a while ago when it comes to live performances. Her name is Jax. Jackie, very good friend of mine, very good friend of the shows, performed a couple of times live in studio for us, and this was her performance back in 2014 of her song, Never Enough. Classic Brink live performance for you right now.
leak another Dakota sighting at the door. Hello, Dakota. Hello. How how's it going? It's pretty good. Yeah. How are you doing? Oh, look. You know, it's 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 a day that is here again, and I'm talking to you. So why would I complain about that? Um, I don't know. <laughs> why would you? You tell me. Did you did you manage to get a photo taken on the other side of the door yet? I'm still staring no, at you. No, I keep I keep forgetting to mm. to go through the door. Yeah, you're just constantly stuck in this parallel world where you're just at a door, never being able to walk through. Essentially, yeah, it's messed up. Mm. But I don't yeah. know that I'm unable to walk through it because it's I haven't experienced not walking through it. It sounds like a very warped Hollywood movie that basically kind of yeah. never ends. Is that kind of what you're going for? Yeah, sure. Like, you know that movie where, like, they die and they just keep respawning and, like... Yes, that's a good yeah. movie. It's like that, <laughs> sort of, I don't know. Is that the one with Tom Cruise in it? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, I I, 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 I haven't seen it, but I think I know what you're talking about, yeah. so... Okay. Um, you're just constantly walking through doors. You're, you're stuck in door purgatory, basically, that's what yeah. you're trying to say. Yeah, but I don't know what it's like to walk through the door, because mm-hmm. I haven't walk through the door. So. Okay. Um, I want to talk to you about something uh, briefly. I don't know if you and I are going to get angry this week. We might have a calm down week this week in terms of getting angry. Okay. But, um, That's nice. I just want to talk about something that I feel kind of you might be someone who knows a bit about this or has an opinion on it. Um, Too bad if I don't. Well, you're 16, so generally this would revolve around your life. Um, Dakota, uh, when it comes to nude pictures, naked pictures of celebrities, now um, we we don't seem to escape a day without some famous person having their photos leaked, and then it always gets in the news. It's kind of like, oh, you know, Dakota Leary's had his photos leaked. Now... um, do I am I the only one here who kind of thinks it's wrong the media reports on this because uh not naming names or kind of implying anybody in particular but generally when I see the headline uh insert celebrity here's nude photos leaked the first thing that somebody would generally do from that point is google oh I want to see them so I kind of think is there something wrong with this should we maybe not report the fact that celebrities have had their nude photos leaked I mean we probably shouldn't but we're going to, aren't we? But it's it, doesn't it like give some weird type of advertising? For what? Advertising for what? The fact exactly. they've got nude photos. <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course it does. That's almost entirely the point. So, so you think it's the media's agenda to help promote these? So, like right now, if you're sitting at there, you know, doing your thing, waiting at the door, and it pops up on your news feed, you know, more Jennifer Lawrence photos, you know, nude photos leaked. It's not like the first thing you're going to do is not Google, shit, I need to see these. Well, it's not like the media's agenda to, like, advertise the nude photos, but it's their agenda to advertise the celebrity. <laughs> but, but, but my point is, I think in the, the society we live in, and the fact that this isn't changing anytime soon, all right? I'm not saying it's necessarily a good thing. You know, there's ways you can fix this. I don't know how. But generally, as I'm pointing out, you will automatically want to Google and see these naked pictures as soon as you see that story. Of course I will, yeah. Exactly. So, like, come on. This is my, my point of this is, is media. Stop advertising the fact that these celebrities have had their nudes leaked. Like, okay, they've had their nudes leaked. It's a story in itself, but it's just making people want to see them more. Yeah, but 
what's what's the point here? But my, my point is, it's kind of they're fueling their own fire. It's kind of it's a never ending cycle. It's like you know, like if okay, here's a here's a weird hypothetical. If right now somebody put on on a website Donald Trump naked photos leaked. Now nobody wants to see them. Nobody wants to no. see them. But there's that little level of curiosity inside ourselves that probably would still Google it and look to see what they look like. Yes, yes. <laughs> My point so is, this is com- human nature. Like, we sh- this shouldn't be a right. news story. I guess what I'm trying to say is, whenever somebody's nude photos are leaked, don't tell everybody. Don't tell everyone. Don't. It's like it's like if you're walking down the street right now and, like, okay, hypothetically, again, I'm using lots of hypotheticals, you go into town right now, a, a, a van carrying, you know, all the money to all the banks in Hobart crashes, okay? Let's say it's in a quiet spot. You don't know it's happened. Okay, fair enough. But if all of a sudden it's blasted on the news, like, oh, shit, a van with all the money in Hobart's crashed in this tiny little quiet area and all the money's gone everywhere, everybody's going to run to that area to try and get money, are they not? Well, they would, yeah. Exactly. So. so if you don't know about it, if you don't know about it, you're not going to bother trying for it. So my point is, and I thought you would be a lot more on my side here, Dakota, but you just want to see Jennifer Lawrence nude, I'm guessing. So I'm not really on a side because I don't really know what you're trying. Because all you're trying, to, all you're really saying is don't show it. You're not really. It's like. But why? Why not show it? Just so that people don't see it. But but y- y- is that the point? Is this just like a sixteen-year-old thing? You don't understand English language. Um, <laughs> is, 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 are you trying to be like, oh, don't report on it? Yes, so I'm trying to stand up for it. the people out there who get their photos. Right. I'm trying to be like one for the people. I'm being a feminist here because it always happens to women, and it's you know that's it's, it's terrible that we have to see these things. Like you know, uh, uh, anybody can take a naked picture of themselves, you have share it with their of your people own that haven't been leaked yet. Uh, maybe, but like it's. It- <laughs> Dakota, that's the, that's the that's the one thing though in the hypothetical that literally no people would rather see Donald Trump naked than me. Okay, let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> the people who have seen uh, me naked are not in my life anymore for a reason. Uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, right then. Um, <laughs> There's a pattern emerging know, there, like, Ben. <laughs> maybe you should keep your, your photos like safer. Well, I mean, look, it's that debate, isn't it? It's kind of, I mean, look, it's, it's horrible that they get them hacked and it's, it's, I'm not in yeah. any way excusing people who hack other people. That, that's terrible in itself. But it's kind of like, okay, if somebody hacks in to, I mean, look, random celebrity, I don't know, Angelina Jolie, she's the first one that came to my mind. If right now that story is leaked, Angelina Jolie's intimate photos have been leaked and it's all because, you know, celebrity jihad have, like, hacked into her computer. Like, we shouldn't be reporting on that. Like, it's kind of, this is this is what the trolls want. This is what they want. They want that media exposure. And then all of a sudden, everybody's going to be like, dude, Angelina Jolie's boobs, I've got to Google that shit. But it's like, you're a celebrity, so you, like... It's basically your life to, like... But it's not your um, life to have your private things hacked and then exposed. Like, it's your it's your life to walk on the red carpet and show that you're wearing the latest Louis Vuitton dress. But it's it's not your life to have your nudie selfies that you've got on your, you know, iCloud to send to Brad Pitt on a Thursday night leaked to the media. I mean, that's not right. Well, that's just how the media works, isn't it? Like, well, would you, it would could... you like... Okay, would you like me to hack into your computer right now, discover all your dick pics and leak them? I mean, I'm sure you wouldn't like that. <laughs> I'm not saying it's right. It's just how the media... Like, it's the same with everything. Like, um, like terrorism. Like, that's what they want out of it. Yeah, they no, want you're right. People you're right. to report on it and be like, oh, rah, 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 rah. This is, this is really bad. Let's be scared. Run away. Here's a, here's a question. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a personal question? Go. How many, uh, how many dick pics have you sent in the last month? 
Um, zero. Oh, bullshit. 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 No, I do not send dick pics. You sent me a dick pic. I'm not pic. that... I'm not an idiot, hey? <laughs> you sent me no, a that dick was pic. No, ac- that was an accident. I enjoyed it, though. You know you know, I like that it when you to, send them to me. That was meant to go to someone else. <laughs> yeah. But I still haven't sent any this month. <laughs> Look, yeah, because I'm making sure I don't send them to you by accident now. I... Oh, uh, we really needed to bring back Just to uh, clarify, I didn't angry. actually send a dick pic to Ben. <laughs> I just want everyone to know that, keep, but I didn't Keep actually... saying that, Dakota. I'll expect another one in five minutes. But if you would like a dick pic in the future... <laughs> <laughs> this week on Dakota's segment yeah. on the brink, if you would like a dick pic, email dakotaleary at hotmail.com. Uh, I really hope that isn't your email address. <laughs> it's, it's one of them. Oh, one of them? Is this your multiple dick pic accounts? <laughs> oh, dick pic to you, I, I have, dick pic have... to you... <laughs> I have a nude account and then like a like a non-nude account. Of course, yeah. don't we all? Don't we all, Dakota? Yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> thank you for your time and perhaps next week we might get angry That's again right. to save our segment. Uh, we'll give it a go. Time to get into this bit. It back now. We're going back to the year that was 2013. Just for a little random clip, found this one the other day when scrolling through, uh, going through, I should say, a lot of our uh, classic moments. This was uh, Sam and myself in studio talking about the joys of, uh, I guess, finding dog poo on the street. Let's see how that went. Yeah, well, exactly, mm. exactly. I mean, if you lived in some other suburbs around the place, Ben, which is just dog poo, is just like seeing a street sign. Yeah. And it, you don't even look the other way. It's just going, oh, dog poo, that's normal. It's part of the fabric. It, it is. It's like concrete on the roads. It's like, you bitumen. know, it's all squashed into the bitumen on the footpath. It's been a long time since I've trodden dog poo. I'm, I'm going all right. I'm on a good run as well. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be able to actually tell you the last time I trodden dog poo. I actually saw some dog, some freshie. Oh, did you? Um, you saw a dog doing a poo? No, on Wednesday night I saw a freshie and a, a footprint in it. <laughs> it's kind of, um, it's very, you used to be you could get away with letting your dog do a poo, whereas now it's like very socially unacceptable. So if you see someone with a dog who's done a poo and just walking off, it's almost like you've seen somebody walk up to a child and take it from its mother. Oh, exactly. It's, it's really that bad. It's up there. It's yep. and you really just want to walk up to that person and just you know slap them, yeah. Which is also socially un- yeah. unacceptable, but probably not as much as letting your dog take a turd on the concrete. Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. On the grass, yes. Yeah. But um, you know, but even if you that's your house, like if your your house, you don't really have much grass on the front bit. But if mm. somebody walked into your property and was like, oh no, I better not let it do it on the concrete. I'm going to just let it whip it out here on Samuel McCrossan's house. Mm. You're not going to be exactly thrilled at that either. No. No, I'd probably start a confrontation with them <laughs> and um, yeah, we'd probably get it on right there. Would you in... Would you poo on them as, as revenge? Well, maybe we could do that, Ben. <laughs> Fine, right. Your dog pooed on my property? All right. Get down on the ground. I'm going to poo on you. Stand still. Stand still. No, stop moving. Stand still. Right, I'm just about to log on the back of your neck. <laughs> just hope you haven't had a curry the night before. Now, I still stand by the fact that um, it's pretty bad to see somebody's dog doing a poo and just leaving it, but... I guess, you know, the reference about stealing a child, maybe went a little bit too far. Not too sure, perhaps, there. Uh, it's changed a few years, uh, you know, four years since 2013, so maybe the whole dog pooing situation has changed slightly over those years. 
It is that time of the show where we speak to the number one expert related Donald Trump man this side of Mount Wellington. Uh, it's Paul Luttrell. Paul, welcome back to the brink. Yeah, good to be here. I, I, I didn't know what side of Mount Wellington technically we can say we're on, but um, is it the eastern east, side? Eastern side? The yeah. west side. I don't know how it works, but... um. Yeah, Donald Trump exists still. He's still there. Um, what's, yep. what's been happening? He's, he's been greeting football players this week, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's, it must be a tradition where the uh, the president greets the, the winner of the Super Bowl or something. He, um, he greets basically the winner of every major, you know, the four big ones, the NHL, uh, baseball, NFL, and NBA. It's a, it's a tradition they do every year. Yep. Um, but uh, as we've seen, uh, not all of the New England Patriots turned up, which is kind of ironic, isn't it? If you they're called the Patriots, and he's a, and he's a Patriots fan apparently. Trump, that's his team. Um, th- look, this sounds weird that I'm I might be pointing this out that it kind of almost sounds like I'm defending Donald Trump. It's not really that way, but um, how it was kind of explained. I think the Patriots actually came out and said uh, that. You know, because they won the Super Bowl two years ago. So they kind of, most of their players have already met the president. And they sort of, I think it was in the uh, mid 2000s, a similar thing happened. Whereas, you know, the first year they won it, you know, basically they all went. But then I think they won it the next year. So, like, you know, a bunch of them were like, oh, we already met the president. We don't need to go again. So, like, they kind of trailed off. Different presidents, true, but I guess it is Donald Trump. So, (laughs) yeah. I I think it's, it is, um, I think it's telling though the fact that they're the patriots. Mm. This supposed to blindly follow whoever is leading, I guess, the country or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's good. I mean, Tom Brady, the whitest man in America, <laughs> has uh, you know just gone against the Republican Party here. Well, he didn't show up, did he, Tom? Didn't he? No, he didn't. That's that. I, I thought he voted for Trump as well. I, I, I think because I think kind of around the Super Bowl when you know. Trump is a huge, apparently, Patriots fan. Um, but I'm the biggest fan there is. There ain't no bigger fan than me. Um, yeah. It's like, I think him and, yeah, Tom Brady, they had a weird, like, a bromance thing going on. There was an article about it over the years. It's not just since he's been president. So, yeah, maybe <laughs> Tom Brady's kind of gone, oh, okay, maybe I shouldn't be friends with this guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's good. I think um, I, people always say, oh, sports people should stay out of politics or whatever. No, they shouldn't. These people are bigger role models than they should be, and the fact that they actually take a stance on certain things is is a good thing to me. I think that if you don't respect someone's policies or whatever, and you don't you don't want them to be someone who has that amount of influence, then you should say, "Look, I I don't believe in this." One of the guys articulated beautifully said that. You know, my children are young. When they grow up, I don't want them to ask me why did you go along and and greet Donald Trump when you don't um, endorse the things that he does. Mm. It's um, yeah, and he'd say, "Well, I don't want to be a hypocrite or whatever." So it's a good point because I mean, I guess kind of a lot of the people would just generally go along and be like, "Hey, cool, I get, I got to meet the president." You know, I mean, fair yeah. enough. And I, I guess if they're not a particularly you know controversial president, they're just there. Um, it's it's a fine thing. But yeah, I guess when you're so you know, I mean, Donald Trump's going to go down in history as as Donald Trump. <laughs> so I mean, you know, it's it's always going to have this mantra. It's, it's no different to I'm sure that like. I don't know, in the 30s, the winning German team of football maybe got to meet Hitler. Like, you know, I don't know how that would go down in history. It's like, oh, yeah, my great-grandfather won the national championship of Germany and here's a photo with him in the team with Hitler. Um, yeah. You know. Well, I guess there are lots of photos with Jesse Owens and Hitler. True, uh, true. Around, which is strange. I'm not sure if Jesse Owens knew any of 
hitless policies or what, but it was... Well, there's no Twitter or social media or sort of the no, internet no, back no. then, so it took a little bit of time to get to America, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. I would, um, I would like to... This would be, you know, kind of... This is a tradition. Like, all the teams kind of do it once they win. Um, could they adopt this in Australia? I mean, I, I know we don't kind of have the pomp and pageantry around our leader, but I can't imagine the Western Bulldogs rocking up to the lodge, you know, all chilling out there with Malcolm Turnbull, presenting him with, you know, a, a Guernsey with Turnbull written on the back of it. I mean, if Julia Gillard was in, I mean, we, you know she would have implemented this being the doggy supporter she is, but um, <laughs> I, I don't even know if Malcolm Turnbull knows what AFL is, does he? Oh, I'm not sure. I haven't seen him in associated with anything. I know that, well, Tony Abbott, Went to a few games. He was a manly fan. He was more of an NRL guy. Yeah. And, and Rudd kind of just jumped on anything with Brisbane in it. So that's kind of what he did. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Malcolm Turnbull, I'm not sure who he supports or whatever. Obviously, he's not the divisive figure that um, that Donald Trump is. But then again, I mean, he's still still a uh, right-wing Right, right center. Well, so I think it's more. It's, it's it's just an interesting. I guess it's kind of again kind of going to the prestige around it because I think Julia Gillard, when she was prime minister, went into the rooms when the Bulldogs won a game once. I think there was that the bit where she was in the circle with like Barry Hall, you know, singing you know Sons of the West. Um, yeah. So I mean, that's just Australia for you. It's kind of the winning team gets to meet the prime minister. They're like, oh, I just met him yesterday. You know, he was in the rooms. You know, we're chilling. We're Aussies. Like, you know, whatever. Whereas, like, America, it's like, oh, yeah. the president. We're going to meet the president. You know, it's kind of a bit more of a big deal, I find. Yeah. It, there's a it's a whole pageantry type thing yeah. where, I mean, anything, anytime the president has to go anywhere, it's a whole, uh, you know, parade. I mean, you've got all of his, uh, his cavalry and everything that has to come with him, all of the security guys. So, it's a, it's a big operation. So, anytime... Anyone meets him, it's a big deal. That was uh, th- that's so funny, like with that, isn't it? Because um, I mean, you would expect Donald Trump would have had that before he was president, anyway. I mean, he's Donald Trump, but, yeah, but, but it's yeah. like I don't know if I'm, I'm sure you probably do. You seem like the type of guy who would watch the, the YouTube series. Is it riding in cars with celebrities, or you know? Yeah. Did you ever yeah, see we- the the one Jerry Seinfeld did with Obama when they were just driving around the grounds of the White House? Yeah, they couldn't go outside. That was hilarious. And it was and it wasn't Obama's like reaction or something. He's like, nope, you can't take me there. And he's like, oh, I want to, but I can't. Like they just wouldn't let him. And it's kind of it, obviously even the president might want to like just go down the street and just be like oh, i just want to go down and get a hot dog or something like that but like he just can't do it because his security won't let him yeah exactly it would cost thousands and thousands of dollars to, you know, <laughs> but I mean, to... you've got you've got to literally think about this right like okay imagine you're the president paul you are the president of the usa yeah. and it's you know i know late on a friday night you're chilling you know caitlin's a first lady you're having a good night and all of a sudden you're like I really, really feel like McDonald's. I know you personally wouldn't eat McDonald's, but I'm just saying, just in, just as a hypothetical, it's like you would think, like, as you said, it's going to cost thousands of dollars. You can't even just go down to get it. But, like, I'm sure there are neighbouring, like, there are McDonald's not far from the White House somewhere. In what universe do they ever think the President of the United States is going to walk in there and order a Big Mac? So you would find that it might be a bit of a waste of time. Like, I get it. I get the idea behind the security. But it's kind of going to be one of those moments, isn't it? If you're in the McDonald's, in walks the president. In walks President Paul Luttrell. You're kind of going to double take, aren't you? You're going to be like, he kind of looks like the president, but it wouldn't really be the president. So I think he would get away with it. Yeah, I, I get. he probably would. I, he could always wear like some kind of... Um, do what the celebrities do when they try and um, disguise themselves. I think so. But then again, I think you open yourself up to people who are, you know, always attempting to do the president harm or whatever. You don't mm. know... Who's uh, who's watching or whatever? It's it's so interesting. I just find it fascinating, and like 
I, I I'm sure I've told this story on air before, but I, I remember like the very first time I ever got to meet a prime minister, I met Kevin Rudd. This is like before we ever got him on the show. It was at a, it was a game of cricket. It was a test match in Hobart. And they kind of put up on the big screen that he was sort of sitting in the, you know, the members area as you would. But then later on, they cut to like him behind one of the grandstands, just playing cricket with like the kids. So it was kind of like, yeah. oh, awesome. The prime, I'm going to go meet Kevin Rudd. So, you know, I've gone down behind, you know, start the cricket. <laughs> it's a test match, you know, it's, it's still going on. And I could, as easy as you like, walk up to him. Nobody even attempts to stop me. Hold my hand out. G'day, Kevin. How are you? Can I have a photo with you? Sure thing. You know, straight away. No one, like, you could see a few security people. I think you could see, like, somebody, like, on a roof, like, of the grandstand, kind of just keeping an eye on things. But in no way would have I even got within a kilometre of Barack Obama, Donald Trump, anyone. Uh, you'd, be, you, you'd have 12 uh, secret, sec- secret Service guys jump straight on top of you, I reckon, if you tried to do that with the president of the US. It's the casual nature. I mean, that's, I, I don't know, if, is that a good or a bad thing, Paul? <laughs> Well, I, I guess in some ways, if you for the president, it's probably a good thing. But then again, he's also his own prisoner, isn't he? Mm. Physically and also, I guess, mentally by, you know. And it's a lifestyle thing because, I mean, even after their, their term's over, they're still called Mr. President sort of like respectfully. They're still driven around by security. They've still, you know, sort of got Secret Service people. So it's kind of... I guess that's what you weigh into it, isn't it? Like when you ultimately run for that. Because, you know, there's not even after, you know, a prime minister is finished. I know they kind of get given an allowance and I think they get like an office and all this kind of stuff. They do get security details. I think lifetime travels. I mean, the perks are there. But, I mean, I'm sure you could casually bump into John Howard at Woolies. Yeah. Whereas you're not going to bump into Barack Obama at your local Walmart. Yeah. Well, it's it's good. You think that that would that the fact that you have to sacrifice so much to be president, you think that would weed out some of the terrible people that try to run? Like, <laughs> you would think. Have Trump and look, he's trying to weed his way out of it. He's down in Mar-a-Lago or whatever every every day. He's uh, playing golf. I think. I think. I honestly feel within the next six months we're going to get some sort of um, you know thing going on that Florida is going to become its own country, so Donald Trump can just rule Florida. And then the rest of America would be fine with that. <laughs> so, like, if you were listening to us in Florida right now, you've ever wanted to be an independent country. And, look, Florida is so divisive from the north to the south, I don't think you can all come together and work something out. Because, I mean, you are the state that kind of always just hinges on the election. This is your time to do it, Florida, because America would love it. <laughs> well, yeah, I think if there's not a civil war in Florida, that's fine the way. Because, like, there are people whose houses are being swamped by water who are voting for the people who are going to put in climate change policies so that their houses don't fill up with water. Yeah. But their neighbours in the north who don't have to worry about that always vote for, you know, people who don't give a shit about climate change. I, I was this time a year ago, I was literally in Florida. And yeah. it I mean it, it is a unique place. It is a very unique I mean, most of American states are unique places, but Florida, you know, when I often say to people, a lot of states feel like you're in their own country, separate to other states. Florida, you really feel... Florida and Texas, I feel, are the two that I've honestly felt the most like, wow, this is different to the rest of America. <laughs> yeah. America, to me, it does seem like the land of extremes. Oh, yeah. You've got, on one side, these people who are, you know, could, could possibly be the worst people you would ever meet, obviously, as they're... But I haven't been there, so I'm just... But then it seems like there's, on the other hand, some of the nicest people in the world. Oh, look, the only rude Americans you ever come across are um, TSA agents at the airport and kind of customs people who, and that's a daunting thing. When you land and the first person you meet 
is a person who controls whether or not you will stay or you will go. And they're rude. You're kind of like, holy shit, this country, what the hell? But then basically from there, it's a, uh, you know, the rest of, you're welcome, thank you, have a night. Like, everything is just beyond nice. It's amazing. Yeah. But it's kind of, you arrive and you're like, holy shit, where am I? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, and, and again, getting back to that, I mean, there's American, like, cultural things. There's some of, some of the worst cultural practices you could imagine. I mean, and, and it spreads throughout the, the Americanization and everything of consumerism, whatever. But then there's also this thing in america like freedom and <laughs> and uh and liberty and all these kind of things as well so it is it is really the land of extremes and i think florida kind of encapsulates that yeah if anyone's yeah wants to you know shrink america down then florida is probably a good place to start and the, the best thing about florida is that even within the state itself it feels like one end you're in a different place to the other and you're still in the same state if you're in miami it's completely different to if you're near like Universal area and Disneyland and all these kind of things. Like it's, it's unique. Like even California, when you've got these big cities, you know, I mean, San Diego has a different vibe to it than San Francisco, but you still feel like you're in California. Whereas Florida, it's kind of like, well, okay, then this is the state of extremes in the land of extremes. Yep. There you go. We're, well, this is a tourism board all of a sudden for the USA. Uh, visit Florida, <laughs> apparently. Uh, just quickly before I let you go, Paul, um, you and I both discovered uh, at the time of recording this, apparently Mike Pence is in Australia. So um, anything to say to the, the vice president of the US while well, he's here? <laughs> well, he seems like he's pretty attached to that jacket that he's been rocking, <laughs> that kind of, um, I don't know, what would you call it, a Top Gun jacket? Oh, I, like I think that would be a fair assessment, yes. Yeah, he's looking pretty, uh, uh, pretty slick there in his Top Gun jacket, but I think it might be a bit warm out for him. Yeah, um, I need to take that off. I I thought he was on the border of South and North Korea, trying to work out some kind of, I don't know, bargaining plea or something there. <laughs> I'm not sure well. how. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how, sure how Mike Pence would uh, manage that. Um, doesn't seem like the, a people's person to me. It's, I mean, it's fascinating because I mean, Joe Biden was here, I think, end of last year, I believe. I, I remember he attended like a Carlton game. It was, it was kind of strange. But, you know, people were kind of semi-excited. It's Joe Biden. You know, everyone liked Joe Biden. Whereas, like, I mean, the vice, let's be honest, the vice presidency is just, it, there's, there's nothing to it. You know, this, yeah. they've got no power. They're just the you're backup. Just feeling, just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're the backup. Just in case something goes wrong, you're there. Take them, I mean, they, they are literally the, the understudy of America. Like, it's like if you yeah. are an understudy for a play, you know, 99% of the time, you're just, you know, waiting for a phone call, but you've also got to learn the lines. It's kind of like Mike Pence is waiting for a phone call and he's got to learn the nuclear code. Yeah. They don't really have any congressional power or anything, do they? they I, can't. No, nothing. I, I literally no. think it's a status position. Like, I think yeah. well, some I people guess, would I prefer to be Speaker of the House, even though you're third in line, but you've got a yeah. bit of sway as a Speaker, whereas Vice Presidency, like people say the President president technically has no power it's just a status symbol but it's kind of true but i guess at the end of the day the vice president is yeah they're nothing yeah well the president has these executive orders that he can carry out and especially in wartime as well he has a lot of power um but yeah the the I, i guess the vice president has influence he can kind of you know influence certain um people to vote in certain ways based on his um media kind of presence and things like that but yeah I, I all of my most of my uh knowledge of the american parliamentary system comes from watching house of cards <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I, it does seem like the vice president doesn't really have any kind of power beyond just that that public figure oh, 
Because you just got me excited there. Can you imagine if that really happened? And, you know, Kevin Spacey decided yes. just to be Frank Underwood and just do all of everything that he does to get to be, spoiler alert, ultimately the president. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a Machiavelli type oh, character. God, I love that yeah. show. That is a good show. Um, Paul, it's been fun. It's always fun. Um, hashtag go to America. Uh, we'll speak to you, no doubt, next week here on the show. Yeah, it's been good. See you then. <laughs> We always like to bring you this next bit. That time of the week to play everybody's favourite game show. It's Forget the Lyrics! Here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. Oh, forget the lyrics. And you know what's so exciting is the fact that as you heard last week, we're going to bring you some new ones. Uh, we had to record any, I guess, exclusive ones for the Brink, but... Of course, we've been doing them on uh, high noon, 12 to 2 p.m. on Edge Radio 99.3 FM in Hobart. Dakota and myself have been giving it a crack, and uh, we had a few on last Friday as well. We each did a solo one, we each then did a duet, and uh, basically I thought it would be time to play one of those ones. This is the one that I did on Friday. This was Backstreet's Back, Everybody. Originally, of course, by the Backstreet Boys. Now, we talked a little bit on the show in regards to Gold Coast Suns chairman, uh, Tony Cochran, who had been saying some pretty mean stuff about the state of Tasmania uh, over the last few weeks. So I thought it was time to basically sing a song about him. Let's see how that one went. It's a good song. He's not even paying attention. He's on his phone. Yeah. Uh-huh. Tony Cochran is an idiot. Coco Sons got no supporters. Yo. Sing it now. Sing it on. Forget the lyrics. Tony Cochran. Tony Cochran. What an idiot. Tony Cochran. What a douchebag. Hates Tasmania. Got no supporters of Gold Coast. Got no supporters. Oh, yeah! Gold Coast Suns, they really suck. Got no supporters and got no luck. GWS are premiership contenders. Goka Sons are nothing but pretenders. Tony Cochran is the chairman. He doesn't like Tasmania. Well, then you're an idiot. When you've got some supporters, then you can bag us out. Tony Cochran. Rip your membership up right now You would be able to do that if they actually had some members But instead go back and watch some real teams Cause they've all got supporters, even GWS Are they even in the AFL? Who knows? I don't know any Gold Coast Sun supporters Do you even have any Tony Cochran? 
He looks really weird in his photo. So shut up, Tony Cochran. Shut up! Shut up! Oh. Owned it! Yeah! Stewie outside the studio likes it. Kevin Bacon likes it. If you don't like it, I'm walking out of this studio. And to this day, I can simply say right now about everything that I said in that Forget the Lyrics, no fucks given. A special little uh, segment we thought we'd bring for you this week just because we had him on a couple of weeks ago because he's awesome. He used to be a co-host of the show. Now he's got his own show on Edge Radio, at least. He doesn't have his own, but just, it's Stewie Liskin. How, how are you, Stewie? Good, how are you, Ben? Oh, uh, look, I'm in your company, so that means it's a good night, right? Oh, it sure does, Ben. We are, we are at the basketball right now. Um, I've been meaning to do one of these segments from the basketball since I kind of work here, sort of, now, even though I don't get paid, but hey, whatever. But uh, is this your very first uh, game of basketball you've ever been to? First game ever. 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 So not even like a, a kiddies game, or not that you would hang around with the kiddies, but you, just in general. No, no, just in general. Like never been, never been to the basketball. Now, now you were listening to a rival radio station, not really rival because we're a podcast that doesn't really bother us. But you won tickets to this game, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I did. I um, just was happy, happened to rock up to the little Roadrunner thing first, and they offered me tickets. I just thought, well, I like free stuff, and why not? Do you like all free stuff? Like, if you got, I don't know, herpes for free, would you like that? No, I wouldn't like herpes for free, but... So not all free stuff is good? No, not all free stuff. The free tickets to the basketball is very good. Oh, yeah, free tickets to a sporting event, anywhere that, where there's pretty girls, I'm there. And pretty boys, I'm pretty? Yeah, and you, Ben, of course, you, Benelicious, and... Now, Dakota was a bit mean to me today on High Noon, I felt, uh, just sort of in context. He referred to me as a four. Um, well, I mean, that's fair enough. Um, I'd say, what did I say? You were at least a 10 today, didn't I? Yeah, you said I was a 10, and I think you're you're about a 9.5, Ben. Oh, look at that, you know? Look at your sucking up abilities. You're, you're getting better at that. Oh, uh, look, it, I only give honest feedback. Well, that's what we want. That's what we want. Uh, so it's halftime at the moment in the women's game. It's uh, 35 all, I believe. Uh, well, I mean, what are you, what's your take? Are you, are you actually a basketball fan? I don't really like the sport, but these women are getting me into it. <laughs> all right, so you have no interest in basketball, except for the fact that there are women playing it right now. Pretty much. I mean, I admire the skill of the basketballer. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, I, I think Hobart's in with a good shot. They seem to want it more. They want the win and... They, want, they don't necessarily want to be the D, the defeated. I was going to say, they, I, I bet not touch that one. Um, but, look, you're here, obviously, for the men's game as well. So uh, are, you, are you expecting to see much difference between the women and the men besides the fact that, you know, the ones on the court that we know of have vaginas and the ones later on will have penises that we know of? Look, I expect the men to be a lot taller. I expect them to probably be a lot, lot more full-on. A lot more full-on. In what context? I expect them to be charging more. Because they're the charges? Yeah. And I expect them to sort of be trying to intimidate their opponent a bit more. It's a bit of, bit of biff. Bring back the yeah. biff. Bring, bring back the biff, Ben. Well, of course. Why not? Um, don't really know what else to talk to you about. We're just chilling. Um, 
you saw Rex the Rhino. You, you said to me that you want to get a photo with him. Now, I'm kind of his bodyguard, I guess you could say, along the way. So are you wanting me to sort of bring him up here at one point or just are you going to hover down when you see him standing in front of you and push some little kids out of the way? Look, Ben, I think I'll wait for him to come to me because Rex has got to understand I'm a star. I'm like a radio star. So you think Rex is going to want the photo with you? Yeah, Rex is going to want the photo with me. Right. And, um, yeah, because he needs to be with the number one stars. He's already with you. Needs me as well. Good, good save. Um, what, what do you want to say to Rex when he gets that photo with you? I mean, do you have sort of uh, an idea to, to talk to him about? Um, just that he looks re- Rex delicious. <laughs> is everybody delicious to you? Is that kind of a thing that you do? Oh, look, it's a thing that old Bruce taught me. Old, old Bruce? Bruce right? Old Bruce McAvaney. So he's a good man, isn't oh. he? What would you do? If Bruce McAvaney right now was sitting in front of you, you'd, you'd give him a kiss, wouldn't you? I'd give him a sloppy one. I'd say, oh, Bruce, you're special. <laughs> I don't doubt he gets that every single day of his life. Oh, delicious. Delicious. I, 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 I don't know what I'd do. I'd get a little bit too excited, I feel, if I saw Bruce. I reckon I'd go for more, more than a sloppy one. I'd probably bend him over. <laughs> I just have to say it. Look, you know, I, I won't turn gay for many people, but Bruce is one of them. Look, I'd be certainly a lot more excited if it was Dan Ricardo. Oh. I, I'd, I'd ask to have his babies. I, I've, I've met Dan many a times. I, I should have, you know, gone out of my way at the Grand Prix the other week to say, hey, Mr. Ricardo, do you want to have a friend of mine's babies? Look, um... I don't know if he's single or not, but if you, he is, he, he, okay. Well, I'm willing to. I'm willing to be his his baby maker. I think there might be some parts missing from one of you there, Stewie. I don't know the, the physics of it, but the last time I did sex ed, I'm pretty sure men couldn't have babies. Well, look, um, that's what they have surrogacy for these days. Okay. okay. Uh, and is this why you're at the women's basketball then to maybe pick one of them out at the same time? Well, look, I mean, one of them would be good because they've got they've got good strong DNA there. They're, they're, they're good fit ladies and kind of attractive. <laughs> kind of attractive. Come to the basketball. You can see kind of attractive women. Some more so than others. I really don't know where we're going with this segment. Uh, will the Chargers win? I mean, people are listening to this right now. They know uh, whether they won or not, if they're fans. But what are you thinking right now? How do you think it will turn out? I'm, I'm thinking that they're sort of a an 80% chance of a win. 80? Yeah. Um, if it picks up in this next quarter for them, that, they'll certainly be within 95%. You're, you're, you're very uh, high on those odds, aren't you? Well, you can never guarantee 100%. Aren't you? No. Really? Because something could happen. If you guarantee 100%, something's going to happen. I can guarantee you 100% that this segment is easily one of the segments I've done in my entire life. Yeah. So that's 100%. Well, in that situation, yeah. I can 100% guarantee you that the clothes that the Sandringham Sabres are wearing right now are orange. Yeah, so can I. But um, do you reckon Donald Trump's their mascot? Yes. Well, where is he? Where's the Donald? He's probably in Florida playing golf. That's where he's all the time. Fake news. <laughs> sad. Sad. Um, Wrong. I, I don't know what else to add. Chewie, it's always fun. Uh, thanks for joining us and go Chargers. Go Chargers. You're welcome, Ben. We uh, had a week away from this person a week ago because when the uh, hockey playoffs are on in Canada, the whole country basically stops for the first week. They need to uh, make sure that they are watching them properly. So we, we waited a week, we brought him back, and to get all things from a Canadian perspective, it's Colin Hilding. Uh, hello, Colin. Uh, what, what's going down in Canadian town? 
you joke about that, but it legitimately does happen <laughs> uh, more so during the Olympics. But I can remember working many places and during the playoffs. I think it was uh, when Edmonton was in the Stanley Cup Finals. Was that 2006? Yeah. And <clears throat> I was working at a place where there were probably about 500 people all there at the same time and maybe half the people were out in the lunchroom and you could just hear cheering with the tvs so <laughs> a lot of extended breaks happened during that so if a canadian team makes the playoffs we may just have businesses closed down for the day well uh as we established a few weeks ago it's not just one that's made the playoffs uh we've got basically uh what three th- uh, i'm trying to work out my percentages here like 70 percent <laughs> of them 80 percent of them five of the 17 all but <laughs> all, all but Vancouver and Winnipeg, all right? Sorry if you're a Canucks yeah. or a Jets fan. I say speaking to somebody in Winnipeg who doesn't go for the Jets. Uh, but, <laughs> I mean, at the time of recording this, uh, we should mention that only one has been eliminated. Of course, that happens to be my team, uh, the Flames, who got swept by my other team, the Ducks. But uh, at the time of recording this, your, your Leafs... How are you feeling, Colin? They were up 2-1, now they're down 3-2. Uh, I mean, it's obviously going to be a very nerve-wracking game six. At the, you know, By the time recording this, it's already happened, but <laughs> tomorrow, our time, how are you feeling? Look, everybody said they were doomed when the series started. I had people mocking me before game one even happened. They don't have a chance against them. And the fact is, five games in, they've pushed it. The Leafs have pushed it to overtime. Four of those games, they managed to win two out of the five games. The only game that didn't go to overtime, Washington went from a 4-1 lead to winning by only one goal in the end. So I think overall, Toronto surprised almost everybody. Um, The two closest series in this entire playoffs are the Rangers and the Canadians and then the Leafs and the Capitals. And there's no reason it should happen because like the Capitals are by far the best team in the league this past year. And Toronto barely squeaked into the playoffs Uh, If they get eliminated, I mean, it's still a victory because they never should have made it this far. Even If they were to even make it to Game 6 to do it with this many overtimes, I mean, that's still a huge improvement over being last team in the league last year. Now, I've been watching a lot of the coverage, given that I've paid $6 to watch the entire playoffs. Um, That's how much Australia cares about (laughs) them. That's how much cheap it's cost me. But uh, in one of the, the coverage, I think I've watched... The, the one where they won it in overtime about a week or so ago, and they were they were talking them up, saying that, look, in a couple of years' time, they're going to be basically the best team in the league with all their young players and all this sort of stuff. Is, is that kind of the viewpoint from, from a Leafs fan, or is that kind of what a lot of people are saying about them in a few years' time, that, look out, they're going to be the best? Well, yeah, I mean, when this season started, people were looking at both the Leafs and the Jets, being that they were the two bottom teams last year, and they got these two great draft picks. And there's been a lot of fight this year of, you know, who's better, Matthews, for the Leafs or line A for the Jets. And in all honesty, I think the Leafs pulled something off that the Jets couldn't, which is they brought in, you know, two or three other rookies and they've built this very young team that had no experience. I mean, I remember seeing a graphic on the screen during game one of Washington, Toronto, where it said Washington had one player who was making his playoffs debut and Toronto had like seven to nine or something like that. So, I mean, it's such a young team. Most of these guys are, you know, only like 19, 20 years old. And with the success they've had in this playoffs, I mean, there's no doubt it's going to be a few years time. They're going to be a huge team. But when this season started, most people were saying about the Leafs that it's going to take them maybe five years to rebuild. And at the time people were saying about the Jets, I I remember it was made big news here that there are several commentators that said the Jets will win the Stanley Cup in five years. Well, it's it's not looking that way now. Now it's looking more and more likely that Toronto is going to be 
you know, within five years, at least, you know, a conference final, Stanley Cup finals. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they could pull it off even in three years. Well, I mean, they could do it this year, Colin. I mean, they're still in it again. It will happen. <laughs> at least at the time of recording this. I mean, at the, at the exact time of recording, you date this segment. Um, so <laughs> Montreal and New York Rangers are playing right now. Uh, it's what, in the second period, and it's one all. Now, to mm. kind of put this into perspective, New York are leading this 3-2. This game's in at Madison Square Garden, I believe. And Montreal, they're, they're one of the top teams, aren't they, coming into this as well? They're kind of, are they similar yeah. to Washington, one of the favourites for this, right? Yeah, a lot of the favourite teams are going down. I mean, you look at what happened with Chicago. 4 nothing sweep. Uh, it's not only a sweep. I mean, I, Chicago put up three goals in four games. Wow. And it took them three games to get their first goal in these playoffs. And I think it's going to go down in history as one of the worst performances, at least in the last decade, of the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs. And, uh, yeah, a lot of teams, I mean, the fact that the Rangers are pushing Montreal this much, um, uh, the uh, uh, Edmonton-San Jose, I mean, that one's a lot closer than it should have been. Uh, Minnesota, they lost really bad to St. Louis. <laughs> I think they won only one they game. Well, one, they got eliminated. So, yeah, a lot of these teams that were really hot during the regular season are just cacking in the playoffs now. So that gives me hope that Toronto could win. I, I kind of have a tendency in the last couple of years that every series I pick the team that ends up losing in the first round, and then it just becomes by default, well, let me cheer for the team that beat my favorite team. <laughs> um so, so far, I mean, I I was uh, probably going for Minnesota over St. Louis, and I was probably going for Calgary over Anaheim. Um, I was up in the air between Columbus and... Um, Who? All right, they've got a team we keep uh, playing. <laughs> Columbus and Pittsburgh. Uh, more just because I'm a fan of Phil Kessel, I think I said before, but uh, I'm just happy either way. But yeah... It, I, I want to see Ottawa win, and I want to see Montreal win, and then after that, doesn't really matter to me. Or and the Oilers. So let me just say, I want all the Canadian teams to win. <laughs> I just want to say, on behalf of all the Flames fans, I mean, look, it was always tough to to watch that one, but I mean, I think at the end of the day, two positives that I can take out of that is the fact that Calgary were competitive in all the games. I mean, they did, you know, let a four-one lead go in game uh, three. But um, they at least were competitive in each one. They didn't sort of get their asses spanked. And the positive news now as a Ducks fan solely is the fact that, you know, Anaheim swept them. They've got the, they did it the quickest and they've got to have the uh, longest break, I guess. So I'm hoping that Edmund San Jose, Edmonton San Jose goes to game seven to really tire out whoever wins that. So Anaheim's nice and well and rested. Um, you know, as, as much as I, I would, I'm with you, I want the Canadian teams to go well, I kind of almost want San Jose to win, so it's Battle, Battle of California. And plus, I also know a, a very uh, passionate San Jose Sharks fan who absolutely hates Anaheim, and I think that would kind of be a nice little victory if Anaheim can knock them out and I can be like, ha-ha, sucked in, Joel. And then they're going to be coming on the show to replace me <laughs> next week if that happens. But, um, I mean, one thing I'll say, you're mentioning about how kind of like all the top teams are sort of choking in the playoffs. They've got the Toronto Raptors syndrome, Colin. Um, can I just point out from a Canadian basketball perspective, I don't know how much of a big basketball fan you are, but, I mean, it would, let's be honest, it would be a great time to be in Toronto right now. I keep seeing all the footage of when they, they show that little area where they've got all the playoffs fans. I mean, it's a little bit more packed for the Leafs games than it is for the Raptors games, but... Uh, you know, the fact that they've got uh, two of their teams uh, doing quite well, sort of well in the playoffs, at least the, the Leafs are winning games. Um, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I think we should all fly to Toronto right now. It's a bit of a party city at the moment. Yeah, and 
what's really funny is within the last year or two, there's been this huge Russia support for the Blue Jays too, which is strange because I think half of this country still doesn't understand that baseball is a sport. <laughs> um, <laughs> but because the Blue Jays are succeeding, a lot of people are excited about the Blue Jays. And it was weird when the Stanley Cup playoffs are starting and the NBA playoffs are starting and you have all these people tweeting and posting about the Blue Jays. And I'm thinking like, don't they have a hundred of these games to go? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, go with the playoffs here. There's more exciting stuff happening. And I, the thing that I found fascinating when I was in Canada, it's like, um, I think it was when I was in Calgary and I was just kind of, you know, walking around shopping because I, I really wanted to get some Raptors merchandise as a Raptors fan. And I'm thinking, well, you know, clearly I can see that Canada gets behind the Blue Jays. They're one team in the baseball. So, you know, I saw heaps of Blue Jays merchandise in Calgary. And I'm, I'm like looking around, I've even asked in shops, do you have any Raptors merchandise? Oh, no, we've got, like, uh, the Cavs and, and the Bulls and, and the Knicks. And I'm like, dude, this is Canada, all right? Like, I can buy all that in a cheapo market in Melbourne and Sydney. <laughs> like, you, why aren't you supporting your NBA team? <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny because now that you mention it, I can't think of many sports stores here that are carrying basketball merchandise at all. I <laughs> You can walk in and find NFL merchandise. We don't have an NFL team. You find lots of CFL merchandise, you know, for our Canadian Football League. Uh, you'll find baseball merchandise, but I'm struggling to think of many of these, you know, sports stores that carry that anyways. Is, is it the Drake factor? Is it the fact that Canada doesn't like Drake and because Drake supports the Raptors, you don't want to support the Raptors? It's weird because it's the opposite. For whatever reason, Canada loves Drake. Oh, really? Like the oh, okay. Whoops, got that one wrong. <laughs> He's revered here, and, uh, you know, everybody's just ignoring Maybe they think that the Raptors jersey is a Drake jersey. Like, they don't realize that we have a team. <laughs> the Drake Raptors are in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, let's be honest. They are the only NBA team that I know of that literally has a night dedicated to one of their fans. I mean, they have Drake night every year, uh, which is actually kind of cool. If you've ever seen the footage of Drake night, it's actually kind of fun to watch. But, uh, you know, I don't think the New York Knicks have Spike Lee night or the Los Angeles Lakers have Jack Nicholson night. I mean, they should. That would be cool. But, um, you know, go the Raptors for getting behind Drake. Yeah, and I don't think you'll be seeing uh, the city getting behind Justin Bieber in the same <laughs> way. I don't know who Justin Bieber's team is. I think Justin Bieber's team is whoever's game he's at. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I'm just gonna look up what I think. Well, I think from memory, I remember seeing like a Raptors fan forum where, like, you know, he was at a Raptors game and he was wearing Raptors clothes, and they're like, "You were last week at a Knicks game wearing the same thing, and the week before you were at like a 76ers <laughs> game." Where like, make your mind up. At least Drake sticks to a team. Yeah, um, whoever Justin Bieber's team is is probably like Pee Wee Hockey or something like that. <laughs> well, is he is he a Leafs fan? Or is that? I hope not. If, <laughs> if he is, I'm cheering for Washington tomorrow night. The funny, the funniest thing is, before I let you go, is I mean, he was recently in Australia, and so they did this. They one of the local ice hockey teams, the Melbourne Ice, had organised like somehow had like gotten together with his management, and they were going to do like this big media call of like you know he's Justin Bieber playing ice hockey in Australia with one of our Australian teams, and it was all like it was a big deal. They got it all prepped, got it all ready to go. And he apparently, like, on the day it happened, like, was hung over or something like that. And basically his management contacted him after he was already, like, a couple of hours late and was like, oh, he's not coming. <laughs> so, like, this team had, like, gone to all lengths to, like, welcome him in the media and everything. And basically he's just like, no, nah, I'm not coming anymore. So <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, it says a lot because... Uh, I'm sure even people outside of Canada are familiar with like Alan Thicke and how much he yeah. loved hockey and he would just be shown playing hockey just 
you know, for fun on a Saturday. And Jason Priestley is the same thing. Jason Priestley is obsessed with hockey. Um, I'm pretty sure if Justin Bieber is a hockey fan, he's going to be boycotted for life now. That's <laughs> well, he did, the, he did the NHL All-Stars game, didn't he? That celebrity one, and he got checked against yeah. the board. So that's what yeah. everybody sees about Justin Bieber and hockey, clearly. So... Um, yeah, let's hope that's the last we see of him. From yeah. <laughs> Until he turns up on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. <laughs> no one would notice he's playing for them because no one knows they're a team. <laughs> oh, who's this number 17 for the Col- Who are these? <gasps> oh, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> uh, hello to all our Columbus Blue Jackets fans. Colin, it's fun. Thank you. And um, go Leafs, go Ducks. <laughs> Time to close it out. And just kind of going back then on our Colin segment that you just heard, uh, obviously we recorded that about a day before uh, the Leafs Capitals game. And sadly, the Leafs were eliminated in game six. So I'm sure when we talk to Colin next week, there might be a little bit of discussion about uh, how that went and everything else in between. But as always, you can, of course, find us on iTunes and Stitcher and all those relevant services if you wish to subscribe and stay up to date with everything to do with The Brink. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. You know the drill. And we always do appreciate any feedback and comments that you can leave us on the way as well. But we'll be back next week. This is our last one for April. I was about to say May because next week will be May. And may you have a fantastic week until we come back to you next week. Until then, keep sucking those oranges, Hobart, and good night. Good night.